Hello, 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 and welcome back to an all-new episode of The Darius Show. For today's episode, we're going to be diving into Ted Lasso Season 3. Just the beginning, this season just came out. There's only a couple episodes out, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Ted Lasso has been a series that's been one of my favorites since it's been out. Seasons 1 and 2 hold a very special place in my heart. I first discovered it during COVID quarantine, and that definitely has something to do with it. But this show provides such a refreshing and unique tone, uh, something that's lacking in all other content. And so I'm excited to dive into it. Hopefully, I'll keep covering the rest of the season. At the very least, I plan on delivering my thoughts at the very end of it. But for now, let's dive into uh, the first impressions of the first couple episodes of season three of Ted Lasso. Let's get right into it. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know. Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more. It's the Darius Show. It's the Darius Show. If it wasn't already obvious, this conversation is going to have spoilers. Uh, this is the beginning of season three, so there's spoilers for seasons one and two, as well as the ep- as these episodes as well. All right, Ted Lasso, starring Jason Sudeikis. Now, diving right into season three, as I really like the opening of this season. It cuts right into a phone call that Ted is having with his therapist, this character that was introduced and established in season two. It's yet to be seen how much the show plans on using this therapist in this season, but it was nice to check in with her with a nice little conversation between Ted and her at the beginning of the season. That's the audio that we're getting, but meanwhile, what we're seeing is uh, a sequence of basically Ted saying goodbye to his kid. His kid was visiting him uh, just briefly for a little bit, but he was getting sent back home, having conversations with him, and kind of seeing Ted uh, start his day. This is the first day of the new season, not only for season three, but for their season of soccer. And so uh, seeing Ted kind of drop his facade the second that he gets away from everyone you know he drops his kid off at the airport he's on the phone with his therapist he's walking by people in the town and for all of those interactions ted is being his normal quippy happy-go-lucky self you know he's immediately diving back into that tone that jason sudeikis delivers so well as this just good old american guy who always has something witty to say Uh, The second he gets back to his apartment alone behind closed doors, his facade just drops. His face completely flattens and you see the truth that we've seen just a few times throughout throughout the series, but the true kind of meaning behind Ted. This guy who's just extremely lonely and kind of devoid of any emotion when he's left alone. Um... It's something that we see constantly with his character that, you know, even after soccer matches, he's lingering around in, in the in the locker room or in the office. He's always the last one to leave. You see everyone walk away first because he doesn't have anywhere to go. He lights up when he's around other people. And, of course, when he can focus on his job a little bit, it helps as a distraction, helps him to kind of live a facade. That being said, I mean, I'm diving deep into Ted's character right now, but that's really just the opening scene. Uh, This whole first episode is kind of just catching everyone up to speed on where we're at. The main plot that they're dealing with in this episode is that all of the news outlets are predicting our team, Richmond, to come in dead last this season. Of course, they have just been promoted in back into the Premier League, and anyone who watches football at all uh, has an understanding that 
You know, the teams that just get promoted are often the ones that get relegated very quickly. This is because they had less funding, so they have to crowdsource extra funding, and they're just not used to the competition pool in the Premier League. By nature, they are kind of bottom of the totem pole. So no one has high hopes for our team, Richmond, this season. This uh, realization is taking its effect on everyone. We see Rebecca react to this. We see Ted react to this. And we, for the most part, see the team react to this. And so that's pretty much the journey that most of the characters are going on throughout the episode. For me, the most interesting thing that was being established this episode is actually seeing Nate and what his life is like now working, uh, working for West Ham. If you'll recall, at the end of season two, Rebecca's ex-husband recruited Nate after his recent success with Richmond. He was genuinely becoming an asset to our team. Uh, he got picked up by Rebecca's ex, who is the owner of West Ham at this point. Excuse me for my stuttering. It gets a little confusing for me to keep up with all these teams. But uh, that was just the end reveal of season two. And so this is our first chance to actually see Nate in this position. He's being kind of his typical asshole self. But one thing I think is worth mentioning is, you know, for the brief period of time that we actually see him coaching this team, it seems like he's doing a fairly sufficient job. I mean, he certainly, you know, with with Nate's character, you never know really where you stand with him because there's moments of genius from him. There are moments where his value is genuinely showed and that he is qualified potentially to be in this type of position. That's something that Ted saw within him early on. But he has these character flaws that that don't allow him to be his best self. He is entrenched with being an asshole to everyone because that's kind of where he comes from. He was always looked over and looked down upon. And so now that he has this position of power, he is incapable of not <laughs> abusing it. So he's interesting because I do think that his competency is translated. Uh, that being said, it's clear that he's not uh, living his best self. Seeing the relationship develop between him and Rebecca's ex-husband, who kind of looms over this series as kind of like a Palpatine level threat. He's so despicable and just like the one character who's just totally evil in the series. And it's so obvious that he's like the puppet master pulling the strings behind Nate that, I mean, I feel fairly confident that at some point Ted's going to get through to Nate. Everything's going to be honky dory again, but Nate has to struggle between basically the light and the dark side. And I, I really do feel like Rebecca's ex-husband looms over the series as like a Palpatine level threat. The decision to bring Nate to the dark side at the end of season two was something I really didn't see coming until the very last minute. We slowly start to see Nate become kind of like a twisted, you know, uh, spiteful person. And seeing this manifest as the main plot that we're dealing with in season three is super interesting to me, especially with the button at the end of the episode where Ted is talking to his kid and, you know, they they have the Lego set up and his son asks, why isn't Nate there with everyone? And, you know, remember, he went on to the other team and and his his son says something. And it's it's the very last thing we see in this first episode. And he says to Ted, well, that doesn't mean you guys can't still be friends. Right. And I think that that's going to be kind of the thesis statement for this season. I think that. Um, it's clear that that's where we're going to be landing with Ted and Nate by the end of it. And Ted's going to have a lot of forgiving to do. I think it would be interesting if, you know, maybe Nate continues to be an asshole towards Ted as we see him do in the public press conference in this episode. If he continues to wrong Ted in so many ways, I, I, I want to see Ted actually explode with fury at somebody. That would be uh, a cathartic moment and something that perhaps they both could move on towards. 
I don't know. I just I just think that there's a lot of emotion to be had with Dead, and um, I'm curious to see in which way the show the show chooses to uh, allow that outlet of frustration to be released. You know, he still has a relationship with his therapist, but without her being physically there, it wouldn't be a satisfying release of emotion if he were to just unload onto her. We've seen him kind of open up to Rebecca in the past, and perhaps he could do that with Coach Beard or now with the inclusion of Trent Krim uh, from The Independent. Maybe we can see him uh, have have more of a personal outlet to unleash some of this fury that I just know has to be building up within Ted. Something that I touched on was the press conferences that we have here. Basically, uh, you know, Ted is doing a fun little exercise with the team. This is typical Ted Lasso fashion for him to do a confusing method that helps him learn some kind of overall lesson. In this situation, he took the team into the sewers for a grand metaphor on how they should be viewing their gameplay and their team play together. Yeah, whatever. It worked. You know, it was a good Ted Lasso kind of uh, lesson to teach. It was a little lacking to me. You know, we're at season three at this point. I was kind of hoping for something a little meatier uh, to for Ted to kind of prove his worth to this team, that he's actually doing something in terms of teaching them and helping them actually unite as a team. But it worked for what it was. Of course, this led to the public making fun of them because this is supposed to be a professional team and why are they all, you know, climbing into the sewers. So... Nate takes that as fuel and basically rips Ted apart in front of the press, calling him shit, calling him a shit coach. Um, Ted's response to this, however, everyone wants him to respond in a big way. But he, he picks the route that you might expect from Ted. He kills him with kindness. And in doing so, he actually wins over the room of all the reporters. And with that, the public perception, uh, everyone's kind of team Ted on this one. And we get this exemplified when... Nate is doom scrolling through Twitter and just seeing all the ridiculous memes that are flooding in. Uh, it's clear that Nate's not in a in an appropriate headspace. He's he's you know clearly taking in all this information in the most toxic way possible. Something I think that is relevant for Nate's character. If I'm I'm trying to get a grasp on like what he's really dealing with, what they're really trying to say with Nate, and I think it comes down to one text that he got from his mom in this episode, and they said, "We saw you on the telly." Your dad's upset that you swore, but he'll get over it with a funny little emoji. Um, this is interesting because I think one thing about Nate's character is that he's always kind of been intrinsically tied to fathers and father figures. That was one huge aspect that we got in season two is seeing this bottle episode from Nate's perspective largely um, and how he just like wants to impress his parents mainly and largely his father. This was the episode where he just wanted the dang table, you know, and the woman wasn't allowing it to happen. You know, we also see him kind of look to Ted as a father figure. I think that uh, Nate is largely uh, void of any parental guidance in his life that he uh, has a healthy attachment to. So I think we start to see Nate's character build up through season one and through part of season two because Ted has taken on that fatherly figure role to him. You know, and maybe in the absence of Ted's own child, Nate was this easy person to just give that kind of guidance to and that approval for. And then when that stops coming in all the time, Nate got really spiteful with it. So it just wasn't a healthy fixation. It wasn't a healthy relationship. Now Nate is finding a new father figure, perhaps, in the person who just gave him a car. You know, Nate's being rewarded for all this bad behavior, and that's why yeah, that's why this, that's why Rebecca's ex is able to have such a stronghold on Nate. He's a pseudo-father figure to him. Um, 
that's just what I'm reading into it right now. I'm interested to see how that unfolds. What are they going to do with Nate's character? Honestly, I'm hoping for a lot. I think I think if they really push this character, the actor really has shown the ability to deliver some complex emotion through Nate. And if they if they live up to that potential, he could be the coolest thing about this season. In both the first and the second episode, they don't dive into anything between Sam, who is one of the players on the team, uh, and Rebecca's relationship. That was one of the crazier plot lines that they chose to go with in season two. I'm still not quite sure how I feel about it. I was always low-key hoping that Rebecca and Ted would get together, but I guess that's just wishful thinking. But they don't touch on that. I'm excited to see when they're going to touch on it. If they were to abandon that plot at this point, that would feel pretty sloppy and unsatisfying to me. But I'm interested to see how we kind of return to it. At this point, it hasn't even been like alluded to. Another thing I'm really excited to find out this season is what are they going to do with Ted's character? In the first episode, there was a lot of mentions at, you know, what am I still doing here, I wonder? Or, you know, I came here to do one thing, and that's get this team promoted. I've done that, but yeah, I'm sticking around. I wonder why that is. And that's underscored with Ted feeling just heartbroken over not being around his child. So, you know, if Ted is really feeling this empty here, he's missing out on his family, he's kind of already done what he's needed to do with this team, why is he still around? And that's something that I think Ted needs to figure out this season. Or if he doesn't figure it out, it might mean going back home. Uh, I believe season three is supposed to be at the, the finale of the show. I think that's what they said all the way back in season one is that it was a season three se- series. And so is that something we could see at the end of the season? Would Ted, you know, hang up his hat? Um, I wonder how that would feel satisfying. They would have to definitely end on a strong W, but I don't know. It kind of feels like the reading on the wall unless Ted can kind of zero in on something in particular that he has here. Uh, Coach Beard has a thriving relationship and kind of separate life and all the other characters have like a duality to them, you know, like Roy, like all these characters are given multiple dimensions and like why they have like a fulfilled life, let's so to speak. But Ted, his his story kind of stops at the locker room. And once he gets home, he's just kind of a shell of himself. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm really curious to see the dis- what route they decide to go with. What Ted Lasso does really well is leaving a lot of room for ambiguity in terms of where the plot can progress. It's a pretty simple show. And the there's not it's not a complex storyline to follow. There's not, you know, complex things going on here. But yet it it the writing always leaves such a, a wide open window for them to move through next. And I just think that that's a very, I don't know if it's unique, but I notice it more in this show than anything else. I, I find myself not being able to guess what the next episode will be about or anything uh, as I'm watching the show. Episode two was definitely a good episode, but in terms of overall plot, not as much happens in this episode. We we actually don't even check with Nate at all during this episode, but it's all about trying to get this big player, Zava, who's just this legend in the soccer world. Uh, it's kind of a tug-of-war match between Rebecca and her ex, where it seems like there's no way that our team's going to get Zava. And the way that they built up this crazy player, I thought for sure that they were going to give him to her ex's team and he would be playing at West Ham just to kind of build up an enemy threat stronger. But by the end of it, because of Rebecca's actions, he actually chooses to go with our team Richmond. Now, this character is clearly a very cocky player. He He's regarded as the best, and he acts like it too. Um, so I can already see where they're going to go with him in terms of getting him on the pitch. He's obviously going to rub some friction with 
with the team that's been pretty well established to all be very much friends at this point. We kind of already did this with Jamie in the first season, if we're being honest. Um, and at this point, Jamie, he's, he's a leader on the team. And I really like appreciate the team dynamic that they've established. And it is realistic within the sport of football to be pulling in players like this. But in terms of narrative stuff, you know, I just feel like there's so much else that we have to do this season that I'm not particularly interested in doing the same thing that we did with Jamie, which is, you know, introduce a star player who's supposed to be better than anyone else on this team who's too big for their britches, see the friction of them joining the team, and then Ted Lasso eventually breaks them. I'm sure that's where we're going to go with this character, but... Again, I feel like we already did that with Jamie. I mean, it might be interesting to see Jamie kind of in the Roy position uh, would be the difference here. Jamie's more of the seasoned, one of the leading voices on the teams, on the team currently. So it could be interesting to see him be the Roy to his Jamie back in season one. I suppose it sounds interesting, but I just hope that they're able to pull that off without shortchanging his storyline and still fleshing out all the other storylines that we need to, which is Ted, it's Roy, it's Keely, it's Rebecca, it's Sam, it's even Jamie. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do there, but I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Another thing they're giving like a lot of focus to right now is Rebecca's like rivalry with her ex. I mean, I get it that it definitely sets some stakes, but with how much growth Rebecca has had with the character, it feels a little bit like one step forward, two steps back in terms of how fixated she is on winning this war. Uh, part of me thinks if she just took the lasso approach and just really, you know, didn't give a fuck about it, that she would be a lot happier and would kind of win in that way. Uh, I, I suppose that's going to be a lesson that Rebecca has to learn this season. But if I'm being honest, I feel like that's a lesson she's already learned in the past. And so... I mean, I, I'm hoping that they can develop in a much more interesting way. Maybe she's focused on this, you know, intensity to not think about her other relationship with Sam. And maybe that's like a distraction for her. Maybe we'll loop back into that at some point. But for Rebecca's character, she's been so amazing so far. I'm just not feeling her in this season. And I hope that they can turn me around on that. I love Hannah Waddington. She's awesome. But this season has been the less, the least that I've enjoyed her character. And I'm hoping to get a lot more out of it because I do like her. Uh, Keely, she's kind of doing her thing. I mean, I'm not too invested in her plot right now. It seems like they're going to bring Roy and Keely back together. One thing that was really interesting was the end of episode two, Roy had this big confession in front of Ted and in front of uh, Trent Crimp, and that was all about how basically he he outlined a metaphor for what his personal life is and what Ted's personal life is. And he talked about how, you know, he started to feel old in his season. That's all that he could think about in his final season is that he was starting not to be able to keep up and that dread was holding him back from actually enjoying himself. It's not until now that he spent some time off the pitch that he realizes that maybe he should have just stuck around and just done it for the love of the game. It's, it's interesting to see that Roy maybe was never playing for the love of the game. He was so fixated on his drive to win and his drive to be the best that he never actually got to enjoy the game that he loved so much. That is football. So what does that mean for Troy? I don't know if it means that he's going to go back to soccer or maybe it's too late for him to go back on the pitch. You know, he, he was already getting a little old for it and now he's been sitting around not playing for such a long time. So it, it's kind of hard to imagine that he would come back. As glorious as that would be, it would be amazing to see Roy play out maybe the second half of the season. And that's how we, you know, get our characters, get our team to rise the ranks. You know, we got Zava, Jamie, Sam's a beast and get Roy back in the mix. That sounds pretty good. 
or maybe it's too late for him with soccer and this is just a metaphor for his relationship with Keeley. He was so focused on the grand picture stuff that he forgot to just drop in and enjoy the good thing he had with Keeley and bring them back together. It feels like the way that the show is telegraphing right now is everyone thinks that they're silly for not being together and that they're probably going to get back together. So I'm definitely interested to see that. I kind of doubt that Roy's going to get back on the pitch and get back with Keeley. So I kind of feel like it is one or the other. And I'm, in, I'm excited to see which one they do. Like I said, the series really keeps its options open. They could, hey, they could do neither of those things. And they could put Jamie and Keeley back together. And I could see that as a valid choice as well. Uh, this series does a really good job of leaving their options open. Now let's talk about the humor and the overall tone of the series because in terms of uh, the reason why Ted Lasso is so popular and why it's worth talking about is because it's committed to being different than the other content that's out. Increasingly, all the content I'm consuming has a dark bend to it, even the comedies. There's just such like a an appetite in today's world or a, a shift of overall palette that all content is just leaning a little more in the dark direction at least increasingly in my point of view that really feels like what's happening and why Ted Lasso feels like a fresh of breath air it's because it's rooted in positivity it's rooted in killing with kindness and right now I just don't see anything else that's like that I mean anime almost feels like that but this still has a distinct tone for that for clear reasons Jason Sudeikis is carrying the show I think that he is such a great actor and he communicates the character of Ted Lasso so clearly that he's he is he's the leader. He's the captain of this ship and everyone else is able everyone else's characters are able to shine because Ted Lasso is establishing the tone in such a in such a steady way. He's such a strong core that all the other characters are able to shine in their different versions of themselves because of him. And you know, I that's one of the charming things. Now, in episodes one and two of season three, you know, that's all there. But I will say this is the most diminishing returns we've gotten of that tone since season one. It's not that they're not doing it well, because they are, but I guess we've seen it so much now. And right now, what they need to do is really up it in a different way. They need to bring something new and fresh in terms of the narrative tone that they've established. It's not that Ted Lasso isn't great. I think that the audience is going to be really bored of this season if it's just another round of already what we've gotten. And so far, I think that's what we're getting. Uh, there have been glimpses here and there to you know, let us know that some big things are coming and some larger moments have already happened that remind you that, okay, this is an inventive series that will catch you off guard. But we need more of that for season three to end on a strong tone, especially if that's going to be the final season of this series. So, again, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic, but I am enjoying the season. Uh, the humor was there. I, it's not the funniest Ted Lasso's ever been, but it's also not the least funny it's ever been. Uh, as far as all the players go when they're talking to each other, I'm 50-50 on whether or not their scenes actually work. Sometimes I think they're funny and I really buy the chemistry between the team, but other times it's just like I, I feel like they could have you know punched up the scene a lot of different ways. I actually think that the person that they have playing the captain on the team, he's kind of like a no-nonsense. I don't really know what they're trying to do with this character. I think he's actually the weakest one uh, to be the leader of the team. I think Jamie would be better suited, and I think Sam would be better suited as well. But he does a sufficient job, I suppose. He just kind of feels like a worse actor than everyone else. Um, that being said, I do like the dynamics. What, they're, what, what they've shown so far of actual football play has been pretty solid. Uh, Ted Lasso is always 
only giving a little bit when it comes to the soccer. Uh, and I think that's something that they could probably do a little bit better is have some really intense and cinematic, like actual scenes of playing football. But, you know, they, for what we get, it is enough. So I, I won't count that as too much of a critique. But yeah, I think that's going to bring this one to a close. I'm trying to think if I have any other big, you know, predictions of the season. I I hope that they open up Coach Beard's character a lot more. They had a fabulous episode in season two. That was one of my favorite episodes of TV that entire year. But uh, I, it doesn't need to just be a quirky bottle episode for Coach Beard. I just want to see his character uh, get to interact and, like, flourish more within the team setting right now he's used for comedic effect and he's kind of you know ted's right hand man but i want him to be used i want to flesh his character out a little bit more Uh, i'm most excited to see where we go with nate uh seeing that whole plot line come to a head and just seeing where the season wants to go overall so yeah i think that's going to bring this conversation to a close this is the lasso cast edition of the darius show uh hopefully we rein in some lasso fans here uh but yeah uh I guess that brings to a close, guys. I got nothing else to say except for I love you.